Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. I am Anthony Malakian, editor here at Waters, and I'm tired of calling it editor at large. Just a weird title, but whatever. That's say, what I am. Giving yourself promotion to editor. Exactly. Yeah. Not not the editor, an editor, an editor for, at Waters, uh, and I am joined by the U.S. editor, that's right. James Rundle. He's finally back. I am. Hi. And uh, so we put him right into service here. So we are recording this on Friday, like the 24th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, this will be going up the 31st. So if there's any major news that happens next week, well, we will discuss that. It, that had happened by the time you're listening to this. We will discuss that uh, after Labor Day. I'm going away now uh, for a week. I'm going up to uh, upstate New York. And very nice, very nice. Yeah, got a nice little cottage right on the Chantilly's or something like that, one of the Fingers Lakes. I don't know. No, right, okay. nice. um, so yeah, it'll be nice, but I'll be completely disconnected, so I won't even know about the news. <laughs> so today, what we're going to talk about is, as some of you know, the September issue will mark our 25-year anniversary issue. Woo-hoo! This has been our 25-year anniversary kind of, you might have seen on the magazine, stuff like that. This issue coming out is going to be dedicated to to uh, our 25 years um, in the business as Waters Magazine. We have a very, very good uh, uh, kind of just this, I don't know how you do a feature, but that looks back on some of the major technological and industry events from the past 25 years, Mm -hmm. um, written by Tim Borges Murray. And James and I uh, compiled, so James and I have been reaching out for the last couple months to senior executives in the capital markets, from banks to hedge funds, asset managers, uh, exchanges, technology vendors, consultants, uh, professors, stuff like that. Just trying to get a feel. We asked them just a very basic question. Over the next 25 years, what will be the biggest technological advancement that will impact this industry of the capital markets? It is a wide open question. It's not necessarily a great question itself of the way it's formed, but it's a more of a thought exercise. Sure. Um, and we, when we did it, when we first talked about, it, I really thought everybody was going to say quantum computing, machine learning, and everybody would kind of have a similar say. We spoke to about three dozen people, and it, sure, there was a lot of quantum computing, machine learning stuff so like so that. Those were the two big parts. Those those were certainly the two big parts, but. It was interesting to see the way that people ran with those questions in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were different uh, – so people would say quantum machine learning, but it will impact this, and this will be the big thing for the capital market, say like an operating system, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so we decided we'll give our thoughts um, because obviously we have much more expertise than the CTIO <laughs> of Bank of America, the – you know, the president of CME Group. Listen, listen, uh, you went to Plattsburgh State, right? Plattsburgh I mean, that State. That is a hotbed of the bleeding edge of And I went there for technology. seven and a half years, so really I'm kind of a doctor if you think about it. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, well, far more qualified than people who went to Princeton or, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stanford. Stanford. Uh, yeah. MIT, please. Am I what? Sorry. <laughs> Am I right? You know, there we go. Um, and I went to the School of Life, so I mean, you know. That's there you go, yeah. Right? School of Hard Knocks. School of the Streets. Really so, so, how do you want to start this off? What, uh, think, what do you think? Yeah, so I think you queued up nicely. Um, so, you know, speaking to all these people, I did expect a lot of people to say the usual suspects of so quantum computing, various subsets of AI, whether that's machine learning, deep learning, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, uh, um, 
natural language processing or whatever, I was surprised at how many people said cloud, actually. Yeah. Um, and not just cloud computing as in the way we've been covering it over the last sort of, you know, I guess 10 years or so, but actually, like, cloud computing as a foundation layer for all of this to work, essentially. So they're saying, okay, well, quantum computing is going to be important. Artificial intelligence is going to be important. Um, blockchain, you know, all the rest of that good stuff is going to be important, but ultimately it's all going to be delivered via the cloud. Mm-hmm. So um, in the same way now you get sort of, you know, tensor processing units um, and GPUs delivered via cloud, you'll get quantum computing delivered via the cloud in the future. Yeah. Uh, it'll also be the distribution model that allow advanced AI algorithms to work through quantum delivered via cloud. And it's kind of this idea of this combination of all these things working yeah. together, which I thought was really interesting. So people seeing themselves not just as kind of engineers for one specific discipline, but as architects almost putting the puzzle together and seeing how that kind of goes forward. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's a really good point. And you're really seeing that in the market. There have been a couple firms, everybody's moving to the cloud in some way and they're trying to get their, but we've seen some real just major, you know, we are just going to start from scratch here. So yeah. uh, we wrote an article this week about IHS Market, market Serves, uh, the business unit, them launching a completely new delivery system called TradeServe that is all cloud. It's mm. cloud native. Everything's built on the cloud, and they're going to be moving MarketWire, uh, Market Trade Manager, all these other components that they have eventually to this TradeServe cloud-based platform yeah. because they said that that's just that's the way of the future. We had, and they started thinking about this three years ago. It's taken them three years just to get here. So certainly the one takeaway or one of the big takeaways from this thought exercise we did with with industry executives is that if you are a technology provider, you better be in the cloud because there's you're just going to fall behind. More and more you wait because it's a painful process. Trading technologies did the same thing. Yeah. Right, they um, they had what was it, X Trader, mm-hmm. uh, the trade platform, and you know it was just like one of those hard install, you know, just you know sit there on your desktop, you know, and just we just plug it in and go through the whole maintenance. They said we're, we're just going to rip the bandaid off and we're going to go with this TT cloud platform, and eventually we're going to migrate everybody from X Trader to TT. It's going to be a painful process. It's going to be very very tricky. It's going to take a long time. But if we want to be able to do the things that we want to do and do them cost effectively and deliver services and be nimble in the future, it's going to have to be this way. And so you're starting to see these. And so it's interesting, maybe the firms that are still like, no, my legacy hard install, it'll be fine. You know, we got a real unique product. You do have a real unique product today. Five years from now, 10 years from now, you're not. And if you start the process now, you'll be ahead of the curve. Well, I think, yeah, and that's a really good point as well, is that, you know, how many people did start down this road? Either they're doing it, they're doing it now, they're biting the bullet and saying, right, we've got to do this now to be ready four or five years' time yeah. when it really hits the big time. Or the people who've already been there in the past. So, I mean, uh, on the same issue, I spoke to Brad Peterson. Um, he's mm-hmm. the kind of cover feature. He's the CTO of NASDAQ. Um and, you know, we were chatting about cloud and all that stuff, and he said, yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like it's finally coming into its own now. So NASDAQ had tried back in 2000 and, I want to say, nine maybe with FinCloud, like mm-hmm. 2010, Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere that with FinCloud. Um, as a, a kind of a, a financial services dedicated cloud platform, and even they admitted that, you know, some of the stuff they were trying to do at that point, like moving risk applications onto the cloud, was just too ahead of its time. Yeah. But now they talk to people and everyone's like, yeah, we're on board with this now, we want to yeah. do it. But I think more broadly, um, you know, this idea of, of putting things together and seeing how they fit and, and making it work is actually something I've seen more broadly come out of uh, financial technology 
really, I think, over the last year or so, people have been actively talking about it. So not just looking at fintech, not just looking at legacy technology, but looking at how now we have this new capabilities uh, in terms of what we can do with artificial intelligence, in terms of what we can do with managed services, um, and in terms of the new and exciting innovation that's coming out, how that can actually sort of work with what people have already and provide those missing pieces that are missing before to really push it and augment it into something yeah. new in the future. And you see it with things like, you know, we talk a lot about um, OpenFin here, for instance. Yeah. That's a perfect example of everyone coming together, their own discrete elements and making something big yeah. coming through. And I think it's just a general trend that's really taking over uh, financial technology right now. But it's, it's nice to see it kind of validated by people that, you know, we've got Brian Durkin, president of CME Group in there. We've got Kathy Passant from Bank of America. We've got Mike Cheerley from JP Morgan. Yeah. All these guys sort of just saying, yeah, I mean, look at this yeah. as the way forward. Yeah, so. And I think that, I think that many people would agree that truly the most revolutionary technology is going to be quantum computing. The problem is, is that's still, first of all, far away. If you listen to the podcast that we had with Bob Suter and uh, Catherine uh, Greeny, I, I got the name wrong, Guars, Eni, something like that. Sorry. Good job. Sorry, I'm nailing it. Catherine Guarini. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you would, they said, like, listen, this is still from commercialized um, uh, quantum computers being available to all. That's still, you know, 10 years away. This idea that they're going to unlock blockchain, where well, you're going to need thousands of qubits in order to be able to do this. And right mm-hmm. now we're at 50 qubits, really good qubits. Yeah. So there, this is still so far off. It will change everything. We're at the rethink security, how machine learning algorithms work and speed up. And there's so many things that we will have to think about. And so I think that a lot of people work, and again, quantum computing is probably one of the most talked about ones. I think it's misconceived so, though, right? Because I mean, and this is what this really brought out, was that when people talk about quantum computing, they have the image of, as you would have in the past, a big server farm, at, you know, in Morgan Stanley's basement or JP Morgan's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be that because not everybody can run a massive quantum computer because it takes specialized resources and what have you. This idea that, however, that will be available to everyone through cloud. Yeah. Um, that's the interesting part, I think. So maybe it's, you know, quantum computing itself will change things, but not necessarily the seismic shift that might have been the case when people were sort of putting high-performance computing grids in and that kind of sure. thing as well. There's going to be more kind of like targeted applications that will change. Yeah. And yeah, the big social shift will come from the IBMs and everyone else in the world, but it's not going to be as accessible to everyone yet, conversely accessible to everyone. It's just an interesting kind of dichotomy. Yeah. And it'll also then, you know, so again, people kept on bringing up AI and, you know, you really kind of see the differences of AI. So AI being the all-encompassing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, discipline. And then you have things like machine learning, uh, discipline of AI and deep learning, which is the discipline of machine learning, mm-hmm. um, all underneath that AI umbrella. Certainly, those are going to create new and interesting ways of interacting with data. And I think that that's the other piece that kind of really came through is the data. We're seeing this right now, this data explosion. It's so much information that it is available to us today. Mm-hmm. And with the Internet of Things, which is something that many people brought up as well. Yep. That data is going to, it's already exploded. Well, it's going to really be a nuclear bomb explosion. You ain't seen nothing yet, kind of thing. Exactly. So how we're going to rely on computers, on on, uh, machine learning algorithms, deep learning algorithms. We're going to rely on eventually quantum computers to speed up um, uh, our research processes. We're going to rely on these new um, 
on these new technologies, at the end of the day, that data is what drives the capital markets, right? Yep. That that information is what's valuable. And as we have more and more access to more and more data sets and as our ability to store and um, uh, sift through that information in quicker, cheaper um, terms, that is going to be that we're already seeing it right now. Yeah. And that's just going to keep on getting crazier and crazier. And it's going to create both opportunities and new headaches, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> was there anything um, from looking through the responses that you were surprised wasn't mentioned more? Okay, so for me, I think my personal opinion is so quantum computing, I would say quantum computing as being the technology. Yes. Yeah. The most important developments over the next 25 years are going to be around cybersecurity, in my opinion. And that wasn't – people kind of said it here and there, but no one really, I th think, took targeted aim or maybe one person did. Well, I think, yeah, Tom Zeeb from, uh, from Six did, but he kind of said it in relation to artificial intelligence rather mm -hmm. than like as a separate discipline saying, oh, AI will help combat. And that's yeah. something I've heard all the time from people. As well. And this is the thing is, though, AI is going to help the attackers. Like, it, that's yeah. the other thing. And there are – as you as you see with security, it, you're always that step behind, and these are going to make it worse and worse. And we're seeing it on both a political stage, you know, with what the Russians uh, yeah. have been doing with interfering with our elections, and cr uh, creating false information in our society and creating false dialogues in our society that don't really exist. Bots are creating it. Well, this is going to as information becomes more and more important as we're taking in more and more information. Well, what, what is privacy? You know, what is, you know, what, we've had this discussion plenty of times on the podcast, but yeah. to me, the ability to securely store information in the cloud and to deliver um, information without having to worry about it being hacked and lost, that is, I think, going to be uh, the most important thing over 25 years. For me, that's the one, that was kind of the one that I was surprised that more people weren't hammering on. I had the same, same reaction. So what I was... Uh in London last week, um, I did meet up with a few of my, um, few of my sources while I was there, and you'd sent over the quotes, and I'd been looking through it and thinking, there's only one about cybersecurity here. That's yeah. kind of weird. So I mentioned it to um, one of the guys I know who works in cybersecurity at a more of a governmental level rather than a um, than an industry level. But he just said um, something really interesting. He turned around and said, "Well, look, including cybersecurity would be like including risk management as one of the things that's coming in the next 25 years." Or settlement or you know mm -hmm. clearing and that kind of thing you said it's you know cyber security has now become such an ingrained part of the yeah. process you're that, just breathing air man well you it's know? just a exactly, function yeah. exactly yeah it's part of the business it's not necessarily a differentiator everyone has to do cyber security yeah it's just one of the disciplines that's necessary to run a financial services yeah. firm now it's like saying it's, that trading would be the most important thing over the 25 yeah, years exactly, in the capital yeah, markets well, that's enough. the point he was making yeah. but he was just saying it is fascinating however that's the interesting story is how quickly that has gone from stories we were writing about three or four years ago saying, what's the CISO, you know, yeah. or um, have you guys thought about cybersecurity? Yeah. And JP Morgan was going, yes, Jim, we have thought about yeah, cybersecurity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then just, uh, but, but to now where it's just a core function, essentially yeah. just it crosses departments, it crosses everything the same way that risk management does or compliance or anything like that. Cybersecurity is just, you know, ingrained now yeah. um, in a lot of processes and it's not seen as, something that's a game changer like AI or quantum computing is just what we do. Yeah. I think that's the interesting part of it. Yeah. I was happy to see that blockchain, so again, we spoke with over, you know, about three dozen, two, definitely over two dozen people. Yeah. Um, not everybody made the feature, unfortunately, but um, I I thought a lot of people were going to bang on about blockchain. I was kind of dreading it, actually. Yeah, I and I was like, uh, I was, so 
it does seem like the industry is also still like, again, this is a useful technology, but when we're looking at it, the AI ends of it, the quantum ends of it, the, uh, you know, um, what was combining these things into data, you know, that's still the most important thing. Um, yeah. And that kind of came through. And so thankfully, blockchain, you know, while it will be important, wasn't as important. Hold on, let me turn off this phone real quickly. Wow, that's obnoxious. We run a professional studio here, guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're really, uh, the so. last thing I would call this operation is bootleg. You know, <laughs> <laughs> despite the fact we're currently balancing the mics on unclaimed awards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so back to the back to the discussion. The other piece that I that I enjoyed that again more of a thought exercise was. Yeah. And this kind of came through uh, through two of the responses we got through um, the uh, head of IT at Cerberus Capital Management and. The head of uh, IT at, or uh, chief information officer at Halcyon Capital Management to mm-hmm. um, hedge funds. Well, that, uh, Cerberus does a lot of different things. Um, is this idea that, all right, if we're just looking at the capital market, so let's take away the broader concern like cybersecurity, that's going to affect everybody. We're just talking about what a trader wants to do, okay? Uh, uh, Charles uh, said that. Um, the operating system is going to yeah. completely change. This is really interesting. The way that people interact, that that operating system, and again, to your point about OpenFin, mm-hmm. kind of creating this underlying operating system, you know, specifically for traders. These new technologies are going to change everything about the operating system. And Richard was saying, you know, so is this idea of voice recognition, you know, you're going to be basically walking into a boardroom, just sitting down being like, uh, you know, Siri or whatever it is, pull up, you know, last year's, you know, 10Q and, you know, what are projections for this? And you're just going to have a conversation with the machine and the machine will augment what you do. And then again, the whole augmented VR piece of this, the traders are going to have eventually, you know, it hasn't happened as quickly as well, we might. It's happening now. I mean, I was going to literally come on to this okay. point. Um, Keep you know, on beating you to the punch. <laughs> you do, literally. Um, so, again, coming back to the NASDAQ interview, um, so I was talking to Brad um, Peterson about this. I didn't make the actual feature itself, but he said that they're actually experimenting with Microsoft HoloLens now already, um, you know, in terms of in their market control center, they call it the Nockets in Midtown. Um, bringing up various different markets under displays when they're in work groups, they can all talk about it mm-hmm. using gesture-based controls. Um, and I was like, oh, I know it's cliche, but like Minority Report, right? Yeah. Went, no, no, exactly like that. Like literally exactly like that. Um, so this tying it together, like, you know, this whole point about the operating system is going to have to change absolute years because they're not using this traditional kind of dialogue-based input that we associate with Windows or you yeah. know, Mac OS and that kind of thing. Um, you're actually having to bring in stuff that can operate not just across mobile and desktop, but against like AR and VR and everything as well. I yeah. Think it's a really interesting point. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to create a new kind of breed of vendor, I would imagine. Both, you're going to kind of create this middleware component in the quantum computing spaces where connecting quantum computers to legacy technologies will become a in- cottage industry for mm-hmm. new vendors to kind of come in, startups to kind of plug and play. Same thing on the VR, AR voice recognition uh, end of it, there will kind of almost become this kind of software middle ground, middleware provider that will come in to connect these really cutting edge technologies to, you know, legacy, you know, uh, systems, trading systems, risk systems, whatever it is. So, I mean, if you're a, if you're a visual effects house right now in between jobs, I'd say a pretty good idea would be to start looking at 
how data is presented yeah. in uh, financial markets. So that's yeah. a good niche for the future, I think, to get yeah, I have mean, that expertise and do that. So. It, the question is just going to be how long does this kind of take? Because yeah. in the capital markets, as you're seeing with blockchain, it doesn't move nearly as fast as people want it to move. It doesn't. Uh, but however, Emilia David does cover this in the future in the same issue, mm-hmm. uh, the 25th one um, on AR and VR. And most people say it's probably about five years away, I reckon, yeah. until the stuff really starts rolling out to trading floors and yeah. using HoloLens and using things like that. Well, we should go back and check out, because uh, Dan DeFrancesco wrote, when he was still with us, wrote yeah. a piece about AR, VR. Really, you know, that was several years ago, like three years ago. I wonder mm-hmm. what they said if they were also like five years away. And now we're yeah, still saying it's still it. five years away. And we did know. try and get back to the sources on that, and all of them declined to comment yeah. on how those projects have gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, but no, I mean, I think this is a really fascinating um, article. Yeah, I think it's got some really, it, you know, it's one of those easily accessible ones. You can just flick through and see the pull quotes. So I mean, you really have to look at it in print if you get the chance. You know, you're sitting down it's on the can, got twenty minutes to spare. Boom, just. Plow right through I mean, these quotes, you know? It was literally kind of in the design brief that we came up with, wasn't it? It's like, you know, a feature you can really take a shit to. But, yep. uh, <laughs> yep. uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, fascinating stuff. And if you guys have some thoughts, um, you know, or if we didn't reach out to you, apologies. But uh, if you have some thoughts on what we were saying, on maybe some of the th- concepts that we didn't think about or that other people yeah. didn't quite bring up, would love to hear from you on that. We cover technology, guys, in case you didn't know. So exactly. feel free anytime to reach out. Do it out. better than anybody else. Well, we cover technology in capital markets better capital than anybody markets, else. Yeah, exactly. well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not really many competitors for us. Go us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, James, yeah. how was your trip? You just got back? It was good, yeah. Um, so I spent a week in the UK and then had a friend's wedding in Italy. Um, mm-hmm. in Which part? Called. Well, there's a town called Simeone. Uh, it's about 40 minutes outside of Verona. Um, really old, kind of actually on Lake Garda itself. And it's a beautiful old kind of medieval town where cars aren't really allowed in because the streets are too narrow and it's all very sort of traditional yeah. and all the rest like of it. Like one of those walled off cities. Like that went to like San Gimignano. Yeah, literally um, a wall. Yeah, like, so yeah. you go over a moat and then yep. it's actually a castle sort of surrounding yeah. it. Um, and like the old wall is still there from when, you know, Verona used to be a city state and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just a really you know lovely few days spent in the uh, in the Mediterranean. Quite frankly, it was. A did you get to do? Did you get to go to like? Was it all wedding stuff that while you were in Italy, or did you get to go out and ch- check out a couple different places while you? No, were I there? mean I was best man, so it was my job to kind of just make sure that everything was ticking over. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of mostly what I was doing. What kind of terrible life has this other person lived that they would have you be the best man well yeah i mean you know this is the, the third time i've done it now and i have to keep asking that question every time <laughs> i think it's mainly because everyone else keeps going no nah, you're right I, yeah i just want to like, go drink and I yeah go exactly the responsibility whereas i'm like are oh, you like me yeah. yeah okay buddy um and um, london you got to go to stanford bridge right yeah i did uh, i got to go see the home of london's finest um had a little tour of the stadium, which was lovely. My wife was super impressed. I've got various photos of her looking really happy, mm-hmm. um, whereas I'm literally beaming. Like we had to go through the tunnel, like they come yeah. through on the pitch and they turn the music on that they normally yeah. play. And uh, they didn't make you hold some little boy's hand as you were walking well, through. Well, I brought the my right? own little boy. With oh, okay, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I plan ahead for these things. <laughs> um, no, but that was great. Got to see the. Um, yeah, the home changing room and the away changing room. That's great. When we're in the away changing room, they've got this TV in the corner that was just blasting out sort of Chelsea's greatest hits, like the greatest goals they've ever scored, the greatest victories, they've come back from defeat to win and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I really, really hope they play this during match days when there's yeah. another team in there just to demoralise them. Um, but yeah, that was cool. And then uh, we just actually did all the tourist stuff that 
what I used to live in London, you never actually do because you live yeah, in sure. the city, right? I mean, why yeah. bother getting on it? So we realized. I only went to the Empire State Building just like probably about two years ago. Right? The tree yeah. at Rockefeller Center. I went there with my friend two years ago. And these are things I'll never do again because no. they're terrible, horrible things to oh, do. The tree at Rockefeller Center is oh. the worst I've ever seen. You know, if you are claustrophobic, man, you okay. do not go there. No. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, no, no, but that, you're right. I mean, you just don't do it when you live in a place, right? So, I mean, Veronica had been coming to London for sort of five years before we got married and, and moved over to the States, and uh, we'd never once even been to Buckingham Palace, like the Tower of London and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So we did all that stuff, and it was good fun, just to actually... And then realised I was actually a tourist at that point, no longer a Londoner, so... There you there go. go. <laughs> and was there any, you know, getting to spend time in both uh, England and in Italy? Any Brexit, you know... Any interesting stories there? It was. Uh, so in Simeone, um, lovely old town, has this big kind of castello at the top of the hill it's kind of built around. Yeah. Um, it's a rich and bloody history and all the rest <laughs> of it. Uh, so we went up there to go have a tour and <laughs> it's and cut the doors. My wife's American, so she started talking. He was like, oh, yes, come in, come in. Ten euro, ten euro. And the second I started talking with the British accent, he goes, oh, no, you're English. It's 20 euro now. You left Europe and that kind of thing. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> We're still in Europe, actually. And he was yeah. like, no, 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 Brexit, 20, 20 euro for you. And like, you Any hell to it? Any hell to it. So, we, yeah, we literally <laughs> walked, just, we walked up this goddamn hill for God knows how long and just turned around and walked away again. So there we go. That is fantastic. There you go. Um, I see we probably got phoned by the uh, the owners of the hotel we were in the wedding at the night before we got kicked out. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so make sure you charge them double. Not bad. That was good. So, well, and, uh, like- where are you heading... Uh, upstate exactly again. so gonna be going seeing some friends in albany which you know that's nothing special there it's just getting to see a friend yeah um but then we're gonna go up to technically syracuse um but going out to the finger lakes out there but then um so we'll spend a couple of days there new york fair is going on so go check out the fair mm-hmm. you know, do, do just country living stuff stuff that i really oh, do enjoy like state fair? what yeah the actual oh, nice. big state fair yeah. um yeah uh it's been years since i've been to it um and then going to go out to the Boxing Hall of Fame in Canastota. And uh, probably probably won't hit up the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, but then go out to Niagara. Um, and then we have a wedding in Buffalo. And so just hang out in Buffalo for a couple of days. Alice nice. wants to try out the wings and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah whatever. It's, it, it, it's, it's fine. It's nothing exotic. It's nothing I'm looking forward to being on a lake and having nothing to do. Are you driving the whole time? Or are you no, we're going to take a train up. You're going to take a train Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah just taking uh, Amtrak five and a half hours. Nice. So, yeah, business class, baby. Just get on a goddamn plane, Tony. It's not that hard, man. Nah, it's like man. an hour. You're, nah, like, you're in the air for 45 minutes. I mean, yeah. come on. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, but we will be back in full force talking about the news, having guests on. And, you know, now that the summer's over, we're going to really start to, we have yeah. a couple guests lined up. Uh, for September, but if there's, again, you know, just kind of give, I guess this is as good of a time as any for anybody that happens to be listening wondering how do you get on to a show like this. Um, obviously, end users, because many of our listeners are vendors that want to know how to reach out to end users, hence why we try and give anecdotes from the conversation that we have from our features. Maybe if you aren't a subscriber, you get to hear about some of the things yeah. that we heard from from our sources. And so any end user wants to come on and just talk about, you know, something like that, absolutely love to have you on. If you've got an interesting story or you just want to talk not about your company at all, you just want to talk about quantum computing, machine learning, whatever it is, yeah. absolutely. 
for vendors, um, as you might have heard, you know, they're like, you know, IBM, they're one of the very few players in the quantum space. So sure, we're going to have them come on and talk yeah. about what they're working on because they're one of the few that are actually working on something. And Thassos and, and yeah. people like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They, these are very, very specific companies. For vendors, we're looking more about, you know, you can buy ads with us if you're trying to sell your company. You know, it's, it's more about just having a discussion about industry issues and yeah. topics. And if you sound smart, then you'll probably be selling your company well because you know people will be like, oh, that was a really good point. You know, we should reach out and talk to that person. So exactly. yeah. that's uh, that's how we view it. Um, any professors, obviously, anybody like that. Uh, it's been nice recently as well. We've had a few <laughs> listeners reach out to us actually and say, hey, you know, uh, not necessarily on the podcast, but why don't we have a chat about this? And yeah. we've been doing that as well. So if anybody, oh, we wants love to reach going out, out for a drink. Yeah, that's always exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of our raising nature, really. So if you ever want to do that, feel free to reach out and just say, hey, like the show. Let's meet up and talk about fintech. Happy yeah. to do it. So yeah. so yeah, we'll be back with uh, the normal program um, in a little while, um, or not a little, sorry, so something popped up on my computer that would make it shut down, so uh, okay. that was funny. Yeah. Like I said, not a bootleg. Good thing person. I saw that right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we'll be back. Until then, uh, enjoy the weekend. Go check out this 25th anniversary issue of Waters. Yeah, and, and like we always say, you know, we're digital first and stuff. And we do believe, you know, digital yeah. is the future. But there are some times when you really need to see the printed products. And we put a lot of work and care into this one. So if you do get the chance, pick up the physical magazine. Yeah, go find the physical um, magazine. Find yeah. somebody. Reach out to us. You know, we can always uh, get a copy for you. Yeah. Um, but because it really does look really sharp. They did a really good job with this. So uh, you'll want to check it out. And again, there are tons of senior level executives from across the industry that for Dozens both the, the look forward and the look back uh, yeah. issues. So I think that you'll, you'll certainly be in, if you're interested in technology and capital markets is something you'll definitely want to read. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, have a good weekend y'all and we'll see you after Labor Day. See you later.